This is Brick Wall Cinema with your host, Chance the Riot. And on today's episode, we have guest Sergio Huesos. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the trailers for Kung Fu Panda 4, Civil War, Has Been Hotel, Fallout, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, If, Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F, the American Society of Magical Negroes, and National Lapoon's Christmas Vacation. Welcome, this is Brick Wall Cinema with your host, Chance the Riot. And today we have guest host, Sergio Wessel. And today we'll be talking about the Kung Fu Panda 4 trailer, Alex Garland's Civil War, Has Been Hotel, Fallout, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, If, Beverly Hills Top, Axel F, The American Society of National Negroes, and we'll be talking about the movie National Police Christmas Vacation. And here we go. So, Sergio, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Just going to celebrate my mom's birthday by going to a restaurant. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Which restaurant are you going to? Not really sure. My sisters have it planned out. I'm just going there to pay. Oh, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have fun there either way, so it doesn't matter to me. That's good, man. So let's get into the show. We'll start off with the Kung Fu Panda 4 trailer. So what do you think of this trailer? Honestly, it's really good. I wasn't expecting it to have such like really good animation. And when I first heard about it, like I was kind of iffy about Aquafina being the voice for like uh, the little wolf. I think that's what it is yeah because like uh, her performances have been iffy mostly because uh, i've only recently heard about her and i've only ever seen her in like mostly comedy kind of stuff and uh her performance in riot the last dragon didn't really put me like at ease with her role in like animated or voice acting but once i saw like the bad guys i saw that she could actually do she's actually a pretty good actress when it comes down to it you didn't like riot the last dragon no i didn't like her role specifically like it was okay and it was pretty good but like the movie itself is like really mixed in what it is it's trying to get across so it didn't really fit all that much but okay. uh the Kung Fu Panda trailer does seem to have a promising story which I'm really excited about okay I get that I think it looks really good I was worried at first because we don't see that much of the Furious 5 in a trailer and I love them in all the movies but then they reassured us that he that they are all gonna be in this one like the director said this so mm-hmm. my hopes are still back up with this yeah my hope is that they do a little more deep diving with like the Tai Lung's character because that's what I kind of want to see I saw a like a essay video on like how on a YouTube where they wanted to see a, a redemption of uh, Tai Long and once they got into like the depths of uh, of the repercussions of like having more development for Tai Long's character I got very interested and I was like oh I actually that would be very interesting to see it see if they go anywhere with this character because it seems like the in the trailer they actually brought him back from like I'm not sure if it was from the dead or not but it does seem like a pretty interesting thing to have him back in like the movie he's my favorite villain from all of the Kung Fu Panda movies oh yeah I didn't watch his shows so i didn't have that much of a context for the shows but based on the movies he just felt like really cool and like very fearful like not really fearful but people feared him you can tell based on how they show him there's not like such he, words. Uh, he let out a, a aura of dread basically like he was intimidating yes exactly Yes, he was built up to be this very intimidating villain, which I believe is what kicked off this whole franchise because of like this very imposing character. And yeah, they had a whole prison dedicated towards him. 
it's hard not to be feared by him. I actually watched the series, and it turns out they actually reused that prison to actually uh, hold more of the Kung Fu Panda's villains during the show. Really? Oh, yeah. It was pretty interesting. And there was even, like, there was a dive into this one character, one of the rhino guards that uh, got his, lost his job because his job was to guard Tai Long. And uh, he lost his job, and everything, his life went downwards. And once Poe found him, he uh, trained him to be a fighter to gain a sort of peace. But then he realized that he was actually going to use that fighter to take down the dragon warrior which he didn't know was him at the time and was gonna get revenge because his life fell apart when the jailbreak went down and he killed the uh, or took Tai Long to the spirit realm it was a very interesting kind of side story into like the repercussions of of the events during the movie i'm about to check, check that out it's on paramount plus i bet so i'll check that out later next up we have the trailer for civil war sergio what do you think of this trailer it's a movie right yes this is a movie Oh, yeah, because I, I got confused because I was like, oh, this is about civil war in like modern day America, which would be an interesting thing considering like how divided politically and uh, all kinds of sense of the words, like how divided the American people are on different opinions and different subjects, especially like since like um 2020 and the and when Trump came into office, like a lot of people were split into two different groups or like dozens of others. But um as I was watching it, I got confused because like there just seems to be so much going on that I'm afraid like a lot of stuff might not actually be able to get picked up during like the the first watch of the film like uh, you'll probably have to watch it a few times to get a good understanding of what's happening and get all the messages that are going around because i felt like it was like a really high budget series and for a film i was kind of iffy because like as i said before it feels like there's going to be a lot of stuff going on this movie just feels long oh yeah like it's gonna be like a three-hour epic Oh it's yeah, it, you, you know what it reminds me of? What? I think, I don't remember the name of the movie, but there was this another movie, I'm not sure, I, like the child or like the 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 children of man or something like that, the, 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 the kid of man or something like that. Yeah, I'm aware, children of men. Oh, Children of Men, yes. It was a, it felt like that kind of movie where like it's about this very, a very essential thing to our society that we have not brought much time, like much uh, attention to, like, or like haven't seen like the full repercussions of it. Like how so many people are just full of fear, anger, and hate right now during, because of the splintering of uh, the people's opinions and how divided we become, that that could actually lead to a very devastating conflict that is not something beneficial for anybody. And and that one reminded me of like how people were so divided on how to go about because the children were no longer being born, which was, as we said, as I said before, not something we really thought about. But once I saw that, I was like, wow, this is really damaging. And I feel like this movie would actually bring the whole topic of like the splintering of, of the nation into like a full view of what that could lead to. I agree with you on this. I haven't seen a previous, the director's previous work. He worked on Ex Machina and Men. Have you seen those movies ex machina yeah wait it's not vox machina from prime right no okay and what was the other one again men 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 no i don't think so anyway this looks interesting to me i'm gonna watch it no matter what i mean i got nothing else going on in my life i got a lot of stuff going on but i'll try and see if i can get to it all right so this is a possible watch for both of us. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to watch Kung Fu Panda because I I've grew up with that franchise. I remember watching the first movie in theaters. I saw it on DVD. Next up, we have Has Been Hotel. 
Sergio, what do you think of Hasbin Hotel? Oh, I am loving it. I remember when I first watched the pilot, I was so excited to actually see it come on to like the big screen. And I was like really curious because like at first I thought like the animation was like a pretty, uh, <laughs> the animation was pretty, um, pretty clean for something that was beyond YouTube because most of the animations I seen on YouTube were mostly cheaper. But this one felt like it was, it felt like this great thing. And then I saw that it was going to, it was a pilot to try and get it onto like a, a stream or like a streaming service or like a, a TV show and i was like wow that's really cool and once i saw the trailer um i'll admit that i am very excited but i do kind of miss some of the old voice actors because it does there is a notable difference between the voice actors in the show and the pilot i do kind of miss ed's i don't remember his full name but his name was ed the original voice actor in the pilot for alistair his uh, voice in the show doesn't sound exactly like um like in the pilot because in the pilot he had a more of a old style radio kind of tone to his voice because like it was like all scratchy and that kind of stuff like as if you were listening to an old-fashioned radio back in like the 60s i think oh no wait no it was uh back in the back in the 20s because that's when alistair was still alive it was actually in the lore about it because i watched a lot of videos on that it was really cool and i'm really excited to see what what's gonna be happening in the show i've heard of has been hotel but i've never watched it tell me like is it faithful to what was on youtube oh yeah it's a music and everything oh okay so like even on there i i know they have stephanie beatrice in the in the prime video series oh and yeah i believe you they know her right the, i believe they changed i am i'm not sure i think i might have heard her in some works but i can't remember her name in any other works she but was... uh, i feel like they changed a few of the voice actors to add in some more like a like a uh more like a bigger stars into the roles probably it's not only prime video that's backing this up but it's an a24 production too Oh yeah, I, I think it's A twenty four has been uh, it's like an indie studio that's been getting really popular in the past few years. They just won Best Picture for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh yeah, that's and right. they do Euphoria, the TV show. They I haven't have, watched Euphoria. Me neither. I don't think I'm gonna watch it anytime soon. Me they neither. also doing that Civil War movie we just talked about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing good stuff. They're doing uh, everything, honestly. Bring it. They're moving on up to the east side. I had to say it. I'm sorry. Next up, we got Fallout. Sergio, what do you think of Fallout? To be honest, I didn't see the whole thing. But uh, from what I see, it seems like they're trying to go based off the world building of the games. And they're trying to make a whole different story about it. And um, I'm kind of I'm curious, but I'm afraid that they try to add too much in aspects of the game to make it like a more nostalgia bait. Because... Um, the but i do i do i am curious to see where they go with this to see if it's any interesting because it just feels like another like another apocalypse type film or like a show the show and, yeah it's a show it feels like another one of those because like we've had those before and it feels like they're just trying to go in that another trope but i am curious to see if they add anything others good with because they have a lot to work with with the world building of the game and you play the games right my cousin has played the games. I tried to when I was younger, but I did not understand anything, so I didn't do anything with it. But once my cousin got it and I was older and I was able to understand, yeah, I got a good better idea of what the games of the game's story and lore, that kind of stuff. Well, I feel like I'm the odd man out today. I don't I guess I'm not familiar with most of these sh like backgrounds for these shows that we're talking about today. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most of a lot of these are based off some game based off some games and stuff that you wouldn't normally see in like mainstream stuff. I mean it's well, mainstream, I'm just more old school. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, like uh, I, like the power suits, uh, power suits. Those are the the big chunking shoots that you saw the, all those people getting. That's actually in the game, and it's a really big part of the game because it's like one of the. 
best items in the game and the suits the blue and yellow suits that's uh, an iconic uh, uh uniform for someone who's been in a vault and uh, frozen against the radiation from like the nuclear weapons all right i'm gonna watch it because it looks cool and i like sci-fi com it looks like a comedy too so and that automatically grabs me towards it too and maybe I, didn't get a lot a, I didn't see it as a comedy, but I do get what you mean. I am interested to see where it's going to go. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of post-apocalyptic media lately. Yeah. Like this, The Last of Us. The Last of Us was a good game, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't watched the film, the show lately, but I have heard pretty good stuff about it. And I've seen a few of the clips and they does do pretty good. The show was great. You got to watch it. I'll lend you my max password after we're done with the show. All right. Well, we'll get to it some other time. Next time. Not, not another time. Don't link your stuff on the podcast, Chance. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Next up, we got Mr. and Mrs. Smith, season one with Donald Glover. And this looks really interesting. Based off the movie, which is based off a TV show from the 60s, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but you I, have. You told me about this before. I know, like, the gist of it is, like, a husband and wife that don't know that the other one is a spy. Is that mainly the gist of the Spies are assassins, or, like, hitmen. Oh, okay. From what I remember from the movie, because I saw it a long time ago, it's this married couple who don't really know what each other does for their job, because they have to keep that a secret, but they do actually like each other. They want to keep their marriage good. But, uh, like, they try to separate their, and they try to keep their identity secret until, like, one time, they both are hired to do this one hit, and then they get caught in each other and they try to kill each other until they realize who they are then they get into this big fight which is an iconic like a gunfight scene and that's when they start just like that's when they realize who each other are and despite how like miss uh, despite like how um like mind blown they are they still actually like each other and that leads to this like iconic scene of them just like fighting each other then making out and then they had to run from their uh, exploding house like a bomb like you know in the action films did you just pull the movie for me no, it's just one iconic scene that happens sometime in the middle, but it's not what uh, happens throughout the entire film. The yeah, rest of the film follows them on this adventure, but uh, I recommend watching it to get a good idea of what it might have to do with this with this series because it seems like they're going in a completely different direction. Yeah, based off this trailer, it looks like they're like on the rocks in a way, like like the relationship's on the rocks. You know I don't mean? actually think they're in a relationship. I think they actually just go into a relationship for a cover and then they actually go along with it. And now they're on the rocks of because like um, they're having trouble trying to balance their life with their work and all that stuff and filling it, fitting into a normal kind of lifestyle. Okay. This still looks really good. Like they have like, looks like they got put money on this show too. Oh, yeah. I guess based off of Don Glover and all the celebrities like John Turturro, Paul Dano. I guess they got the budget for it, raised up for them. Next up, this one's a fun one. We got If, which is short for Imaginary Friends. Bum, bum, bum. What do you think of the trailer for If, Sergio? I saw it, and when I first saw like the first If, the the purple imaginary guy, I thought he was a uh, grimace from Chuck <laughs> G. You know, like the grimace shake. Yeah, I know the grimace shake, Sergio. Don't drink it. Too late. You're oh, a shit, month no. late. We're too late, guys. You're way too late. It's Christmas. It's been gone for like three months. No, I meant you drinking it. But seriously, you cannot tell me that does not remind you of Grimace. No. Oh my god. It doesn't remind me of Grimace, but I can see why you could think it looks like Grimace. Oh my gosh, it looks like a... He's just... He's a big purple 
It's just gonna be purple. Bird. That's the only reason you think it looks like Grimace. He looks exactly like Grimace. What Grimace are you looking at? He looks just like like a purple monster. Like Grimace. But yeah, I am curious. I am, I do like this. Uh, this kind of actually, I told you this before. It reminds me a lot of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and I still stand by that, even though as I seen the trailer, because it just it just seems so much like it. Like because they're trying to trying to help these imaginary friends find new uh, new kids to be friends with. And it it just screams uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. It gives me that vibe too. I I thought of it like I thought it looks like that too. It also looks funny. It's from writer and director John Krasinski, which I guess this is not his first delve into comedy. Because if you if you're a diehard John Krasinski fan like I am, you remember he's from The Office with also Steve Carell, who also stars this movie as the big purple monster that's not Grimace. <laughs> and also co-starring in a movie is. Ryan Reynolds, Fiona Shaw, John Krasinski, also starring in the movie, Matt Damon, Sam Rockwell, Christopher Maloney, <laughs> Aquafina, Richard Jenkins, Sebastian Manciano, Bobby Moynihan, Maya Rudolph, Emily Blunt, Phoebe Walter-Bridge, and Kaylee Fleming. I'm guessing all of them are going to be playing Imaginary Friends, for like bit parts. That's what I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. The animation is really good for this thing, by the way. Yeah, first I was wondering how they got the money for like, the effects, but... Then again, it's all these huge actors and John, John Krasinski already made a name for himself in directing good movies that have limited visual effects, but still good ones like the Quiet Place movies. And what do you think of the Quiet Place movies, Sergio? Quiet the movies? Place? Oh, yeah. I think they only made one sequel. But uh, I actually, I watched it and I, I enjoyed it, actually. It was a, a kind of a different kind of film than I was expecting because it built it up as this kind of like horror movie or a psychological thriller or something like that. And as I watched it, I was like, well, it is that, but I feel, it feels like a satisfying movie to watch anyway. It just looks funny, too. I mean, I mean not, not 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 quiet place i'm sorry i'm back to if it just looks funny also creative too just oh, with yeah. all the ideas of the imaginary friends i i wonder where they came up with the ideas for these imaginary friends did they actually is it like based off like childhood they had where they had their own imaginary friends or did they like interview a bunch of kids about their imaginary friends i'm curious or did they just throw a bunch of things together and see what stuck i'm guessing that is cast and crew given their experiences with their imaginary friends am i made into a movie or like John Krasinski asking his friends. I think that'll make more sense. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or the kids that are in the movie. More likely not gonna be only one main little like main kid in the movie. I feel like there'd be gonna be more. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F. What do you think of Beverly Hills Cops, Sergio? Uh I've only seen the first movie, I believe. Well, at least and that's the one I remember the most. And there wasn't a whole lot going on because it was mostly about uh, Axel being thrown around to different places, trying to figure out what happened. Well, this one, it seemed, I don't know. I don't know if it's different or if uh, he does the same thing in like the other in the other films. But in this one, it looks like he's more um, taking an initiative instead of being like uh, thrown into this cycle of events that has him following a case. It's sort of doing a sequel, like it's, it is a sequel, but it's doing something different in a way. They always have to find a reason for him to go back to Beverly Hills. And I'm surprised that Beverly Hills cop always has to go back to Beverly Hills. Shut up. He's not even a Beverly Hills cop. He's a cop in Beverly Hills. Get it right. Well, well Beverly Hills <laughs> cops in the movie are the two buddy cops he's with when he gets there. So in the first one, it was his friend dying. His friend died and they're going to investigate, but they won't let him go because he's be stuck at home. We're not stuck at home, but in Detroit. Yes, but, he's not supposed to. It's not his jurisdiction, so he can't do anything. Exactly. 
and what's yeah, the goes anyways. In the second movie, I don't remember exactly what happens, but I remember that there was a robbery happening. He go, he's more successful now. He goes back to Beverly Hills, and everything's more futuristic and everything not really futuristic, but more modern and all the technology stuff there. And the third movie, they got rid of one of the partners in Beverly Hills, I guess because money reasons, I think, because he's in the, he's in Axel F now. So I guess something changed between then. Maybe. We'll see what happens. It looks like they might be only have some small roles, but let's see. Let's see if it changes. We'll wait till the movie comes out. Yeah, and this looks fun. I'm just happy to see Eddie Murphy doing more movies because we had like a hiatus after Norbit came out. He just went to hiding. Really? Yeah, because after Norbit, we had like Mr. Church in 2016, I think, or around that time. It just and... seems like you couldn't get a job with like a really big or like big budget films. Well, yeah, because when he also was trying to go for an Oscar that year with Dream Girls for Best Best Supporting Actor, but then he, that same year, they released Norbit, and it mainly oh, just so fucked that just up ruined his... his chances, huh? Yeah. It sounded like he just wanted to take a break because like, he did all that work to get that Oscar, and then this film just comes down and knocks out his chances, and he's like, you know what? I need to take a break from this shit. Exactly. I think, the first time, I think the first introduction I had to Eddie Murphy was either the first Shrek film or uh, Daddy Daycare. How come I knew you were going to say Daddy Daycare? You feel like a Daddy Daycare type of guy. Really? Yeah, you do. Have you seen it? I've seen all of Eddie Murphy movies. Oh, uh, I mean, How many movies has he done, by the way? Because I don't know that many. Off the top of my head... I'll say like Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Two and Three, Coming to America, Boomerang, Bowfinger, Little Nash, Shrek, Two, Three, Four, Day Daycare. No, I'm not gonna go listing all of them. No, you don't have to list them. I just asked for a number. Well, so far I got 13, but there's gotta be way more. And maybe there are smaller films or shows that he's done, but we'll we'll check on that later. Yeah. Next up, we got the trailer for American Society of Magical Negroes. To be honest, that premise threw me through a loop. I got confused. Imagine everyone trying to get tickets for this at the box office. So what movie do you want to go see? American Society of Magical Negroes. I'm sorry, I have to say the whole word, the whole title, sir. Black people. Anyway, what do you think of the trailer? It doesn't have quite the same ring to it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. To be honest, I don't really get why they went with that title. I guess it's just to put emphasis on like it's black people trying to make white people trying to accommodate for white people being more comfortable around them because like I don't know. They talked about it in the in the trailer saying like how uh when uh white people are, are nervous around black people it causes problems. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean I get it, but it just feels like it feels like that could be with anybody who's just not sure how to talk to anybody because that's actually a lot more common than you think and not just with like african americans right now like it could be around just about anybody really it, but I, I am it does seem like an interesting kind of thing i've been saying this for a long time i know i know it's not really a direct comparison to what i've been talking about but a long time i've been telling you like they have these movies where the black people always just help the white people and just stay out in the background or just be for comedic relief comic relief or just magical and mystical you know what this reminds me of what? Uh, this show on, I think it was Netflix. Uh, it was a show called Merlin, basically about like how the Merlin wizard, he's a, he's like a, a, a young, a young man and he, uh, gets, uh, put on a journey to help Arthur become a king with, by the dragon under the kingdom, uh, chained up under the kingdom. And he, uh, spends this entire time trying to blend into the background and make sure that, uh, Arthur is on the path to become a great king. Okay. It reminds me a lot. It reminds me a lot of that. I haven't heard of that show. And he says on Netflix? 
I think it's on Netflix. I might be wrong, but I remember it being on one of the major streaming services. I believe it's on Netflix. Okay, I'm gonna check it out then. I'm yeah, gonna put it's, it in my it's, watch list. It's low budget, but like it's a pretty interesting story. Low budget's not a problem for me. I'll I'll watch anything with the budget, like with the low budget. But I like this trailer. It looks fun. I'm a little not. I don't really like how they pushing the romantic comedy aspect of this movie. But I'm fine with it if we get at least address this topic of magical Negroes and make it a more fantastical feel. But it still is a real thing in movies like in movies but that's only one like uh that's only when they're like not like the main character right wait can you give me some examples because i'm not sure if i remember any have you seen bagger vance no okay i can't use bagger vance as an example um not really a magical magical negro aspect but kind of like happy gilmore i guess that counts as a, as a little bit oh well Actually, it's not going to be in the last five. Oh, part. you were thinking about like uh, the mentor. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if that really counts all that much though, because it's meant to be. He's meant to be in the mentor, which is why he's like in the in why he has that kind of role. Hmm. I can't think of any other movies that have something like that. I have no doubt that there probably there probably are, are movies like that out there, but I just can't think of any right now. Me neither. I'm I'm at a loss here. Yeah, that's strange because like I remember you talking about this before, saying like how this is like a. A real thing and i think i remember something like this like the topic of this being out there but i just can't think of any me neither i'm, I'm at a loss no we'll come back to this later then we'll come back now let's talk about what well, y'all came here to hear national lampoon's christmas vacation starring chevy chase beverly d'angelo randy quaid written by john higgs and directed by jeremiah s chechnik so let's talk about Christmas Vacation. We just watched before the, before we start recording, so so we can get our fresh fresh reactions for it. This is my personally my favorite movie, my favorite movie to watch on Christmas. And fuck him alone. I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm joking. I'm joking. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Brother, this guy stinks. Let's start off with your first impressions, Sergio. What do you think? To be honest, it started off very slow, and it felt like uh, it was trying to do like. Uh, if you guys remember like the goofy shorts where he like that one where he tries to get like a a really big tv to watch football yes like that. it just reminded me so much of that but it just felt it didn't really felt in place and some of the raunchy jokes at the beginning just in the second half of the movie that i actually started enjoying it because some of the jokes actually was pretty good like when the <laughs> when the grandma just felt when just fainted and and the guy was like wait don't move don't move mom and she's just laying there on the floor. mom stay still <laughs> <laughs> those jokes work because it's more visual rather than just slapstick and something that just seems like it would be more in place into like a 2d cartoon because like while you can do slapstick in, in real life it's more it seems like more of the reactions of the people inside the movie that actually seem to make it work whereas the slapstick itself doesn't actually work unless you have someone reacting to it in the movie and treating it as like a normal thing what i always like about this movie was how cartoony it felt and more slapsticky and also subtle at the same time it's like subtle humor it was not subtle to me at all for some things like sometimes it doesn't have to be subtle but like also quiet is it always no like goofy what do you music mean by that? Like, the like, there, like there's no reaction to the stuff that's actually happening yeah like it's all normal to them or if oh, it is yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. we notice like we notice as the audience, but they're like, "What? That was weird." They don't mention it. It's just for us, for the audience. Yeah, they don't put much attention to it, but they, but like, it's just meant for the audience to react to. It's not meant for the cast to react to. Yeah, and it feels like we're we're earning something by 
like catchy things that they didn't react to makes us feel smart in a way. I and mean, that's just my opinion. You could be just, you can go on and say like, oh, I don't know what the hell Chance is talking about. But I enjoyed just finding all these little jokes hitting in the background and everything. I didn't notice that many jokes in the background, but I could mostly because like a lot of stuff was just happening so much in your face. Probably that's why I didn't notice them. And I guess that's what kind of like dampened my enjoyment of like the first part, like I said before, because like everything was just like so in your face and everything was just like so cartoonish that I wasn't expecting it on that kind of part. But as it went on, like the second part, I was able to enjoy it more because the humor I did find it much more funny in the second part. Also, I kept thinking about the timeline because it's like, all right, well, you told me during the, during the movie that it takes place that uh, you pointed out that it was taking place in December, and I was thinking, why didn't he do this before then when the snow when the snow became so thick and fell? Because like there was so much that he was doing, like getting the tree out from the woods and putting up the lights everywhere. It just felt like it felt like he, he was like throwing this up at the last minute, and it felt like um like there was a lot of unnecessary. Uh, work need, that needed to be done when he could have just done this earlier because I've seen people who actually do this kind of stuff but they do it well yeah but in my head canon I just think that he was busy with work true and we do see like scenes of him in work which some of them I feel like were some of the scenes I felt like uh, like dragged on too much but uh, it felt like uh, it felt like he didn't like it put a lot of emphasis that he was at home with his family a lot that I felt like he had some time to at least do some of the work before he had to go to before he had to work for like a long time I guess also a reason I like this movie is also because I've been watching a lot of shit lately that's been really cynical and angry and just feel like why do people hate like Christmas if all just bad things are happening to them but this movie always reminds like their earnestness is what makes it important because mm -hmm. he just wants to have a good Christmas with his family even and when all this, his other stuff happens yeah mm -hmm. and he's always hoping for something better and that's all he wants and no uh, no no negative things towards it anyway i mean not intentionally at first sometimes like a little jab every once in a while but he's only human he's not letting everyone walk around walk over him even that ending the ending where he just starts going batshit crazy what do you think of his reaction like his reaction to getting a a year-long subscription of the joey of the month club for his bonus I honestly don't know what that is, but to be honest, it's pretty valid. I probably would act the same way because I know from experience, like getting the whole family together can be very taxing and very like complicated because people can make it some people can't some people like for me personally i work during the weekend so i can't always visit my family in the other places during the weekend when i when my sisters have time off and they go to visit while i just stay at home and work so it to be honest his his reaction is pretty much valid i do think it's very valid but like i said beginning i do think that he just like drag on certain jokes or like certain um scenes just for like for no reason other just to make it like longer like remember that scene in the beginning where they um where he meets this girl at the, at the when he's shopping yeah yeah i just think that that whole scene which is unnecessary well that was sort of in the first movie and remember have you ever seen national lampoon's vacation no they go on a trip to wally world like a basically their version of six flags from chicago all the way to la and it's going to road trip and there's as they're driving along there's a point where he imagines i don't think i don't remember if he no a real girl's like a real woman driving in a red corvette and not really a red corvette i don't remember oh yeah i know that scene yeah and so that's what like this is a sequel to that one so i'm guessing that was like their version of it because like you also see the lady in red jumping and diving in the pool but naked yeah but i still feel like it was they could have like just like edited that whole part out because it just felt like an unnecessary distraction and it felt like very long like it stuck with it really like really for a really long time longer than it need to be i could see that it's a lot of non sequiturs in this movie 
Yeah. But I guess they try to fill out the runtime. Not really run fill out the runtime, but they try to make wonder... it like long enough to be considered like a really good like a really movie, like a really good movie. Because it feels like they wanted to do a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, and I think it was really like there's a lot of things that were left on the cutting board or cutting room floor. Mm. I didn't mean to say cutting board. It's just like even opening, it escalates out of nowhere and it just sort of stops. Yeah, that's what I felt like uh, at certain times because like it felt like the escalation became like almost like a climax, and it was like, is this where is after this does the movie end and they all get together and kind of like enjoy the earnestness of coming together? But no, it's just continuing the movie and it just starts at a, like a like it's basically like a roller coaster where you go up then down again and it keeps going up and down and the climax keeps getting bigger until like uh, at the end when the cops jump in through the window. It just felt like such overkill for so many climaxes. Like it just felt like um, what's the word for it? Like uh, like it it climb like it it made such big events that uh, it felt too much like a climax, and it, everything else after that just felt like a like a, a letdown. And then they went back up to climbing again. I can see that's so like an elevating of like tension and stuff like that. Yes, and then it just drops it straight away. So I'm guessing you prefer Home Alone over this. Like, you'll watch Home Alone every year compared to this? Oh, yeah, I do watch Home Alone. But do you think this and, is better than that? Or that one's Home Alone better than Christmas Vacation? Because it's from the same writer, John Hughes. Oh, yeah, you told me this. Um, uh, what was, uh, I think so, because, like, because like uh, Home Alone does have this kind of humor and the same kind of like a uh, story premise because like after his family leaves and he does all this stuff to enjoy his time uh, by himself until like he actually realizes that he wants to be around his family which is kind of like the same kind of message that this this kind of movie has but uh, yeah I do think that uh, in the Home Alone does have a better job of like building like a uh, a elevation of up to the climax and then uh and then then the drop towards the ending whereas this one it felt like there was a bunch of climaxes happening throughout the film yeah and i was debating whether to watch home alone or christmas vacation for this podcast today but i decided well we watch home alone every year and it's not that it's game played out but somewhere that much we can add on to it really because we both seen it we both know back to back 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 to back and forth so what's the point of just saying the same thing over and over again it's really good i like it i mean it is it's really good and we do like it but it's not going to be interesting content to really really in my opinion what do you think i do think i do kind of agree with you but i do feel like uh, like you say like you say all the time whenever we will try to watch something again there's always something to look at or something to comment on or some new perspective that we have as time goes on right right i want to know what do you think about the gross out humor in a movie because because i know you're not a big fan of gross out humor no i am not like the sh- like the cousin eddie pouring his shit out into the sewer to be honest that was gross and I, I and the thing is i was hungry before that and i ate something so i, I kind of felt sick shit it's full I like the just looking at him and showing like him just dumping this stuff out of the tube into the <laughs> into the sewer. I felt like it should have just ended right there, like that whole joke right there. But like like then they zoomed in on it, like him showing like all that brown stuff going into the sewer, and I was like, oh my gosh, why? Just just why? But then they showed a neighbor walking out about to do a jog, and they just see him like, Merry Christmas, the shit or a fool. And you see him like looking so repulsed. He just goes back inside. <laughs> Yes. To be honest, I feel like the the neighbors play such a small role. You could have just cut them whole the whole thing, the all of them out, and just include just the, the few scenes, like one or two or three, and it would still have the same impact. I think that they are sort of like a good idea of how the neighbors feel about the Griswolds because they do mention in a movie like if they if you know the Griswolds, you basically know they're gonna be on some shit, and we're gonna be sick and tired of them after one day of meeting them. 
Basically, like the Adams family in the first movie. Yes, exactly. But this was more like actually anti um, Griswolds because instead of them trying to make everything happy, or not really, like they, they, they don't really have like a big family. They get together for the holidays. They just keep to it themselves. Yeah, and they're fine with that. And they don't care about how everyone else feels. They just yeah. are happy with themselves. They're pretty. It's a pretty healthy family. Watching Christmas Christmas Vacation again, it just made me happy. This is what I needed this year. I've been watching a bunch of shit, 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 Christmas shit. Like Charlie Brown? Because you watched that before this. You know, you shut up about Charlie Brown. I love Charlie Brown. I've been watching. Why do you have to call me out on this in a podcast, man? Why do you do that to me, man? Dude, I do this every time you call me. Yeah, but it's not like, Charlie Brown. I know. Charlie Brown was pretty good because like, at the end, it felt like the same thing as this, where it just felt like a bunch of ups and downs. And I kept asking you, like, uh, is Charlie Brown just depressed almost every episode until like they all get together no because like uh, the episodes that you remember that i remember you showing me just showed him like always doing his best but always like failing at the end so it always felt like he was like in this kind of depression of some sorts and the peanuts movie was actually the first thing i saw on peanuts really and just, that just felt like a like that just felt like uh it gave me an idea of how like the uh, show the show was but i still think like um i still feel like uh it was the, the show does a lot to just make sure that Charlie Brown is always this underdog that always fails repeatedly. Well, it's not only Charlie Brown. Like, I mean, I only showed you two shorts. I only showed you the, the Halloween Great Pumpkin one and Christmas one. I know. I've seen others off of my on my spare time. I think if you try watching one of the movies. Like uh, Snoopy, like how he runs away and goes to a different owner and then he comes back. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Or you can watch Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and Don't Come Back. That just sounds like a depressing title, but yeah. <laughs> or you can watch A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Does that, does that sound depressing? Yes. It's Charlie Brown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You just need to watch it, man. I'm I not have. Gonna, you did and not watch it. You didn't even hear about the title. No, it's just that based off what I know about Charlie Brown, he always either like and he always ends up failing in some miserable way until like uh What's up with that? No, it's just that it just seems like his whole thing that he just keeps failing a really a really big way. It's not that he always but, fails, it's that he always comes back. So at the end of every show at the end he always he does a big fail, like how you told me he uh lost at the spelling bee and then everyone just hated him. And then I was then I was like, Well, that's kinda of depressing. But then he showed me like uh, the Christmas one, the Christmas special, and I was like, I didn't see. I all I know about lose, and I didn't know anything about uh, about a lot of the other characters besides there being just like one notes and stuff like that. Lucy was uh, surprising for me though, because in this in this uh, in this special, she actually tries to help Charlie Brown be more involved and get into a Christmas spirit, which I didn't know she actually did at any time during the show. So that was a pretty interesting like uh, perspective I saw on it. So that was pretty enlightening, and I liked it. I liked that part a little bit. But I do th- I do think that Charlie Brown does often fail too much or like he fails just because the show wants him to get back up again it just feels like um like he fails too much to for the point that it just gets too comedical that he just okay he does this thing now he's gonna fail again it gets a little bit feels like a formula Hmm. you know you forgot to acknowledge that i told you what happens after he lost the spelling bee linus comes over to his to his house after three days of him sulking in his bed he says hey you know all yeah you did fail but you know what? The world's still here. We're also everything's still good. And that whole message in the movie is, yeah, you failed, but you can still get back up. Still here. Wasn't the whole town still hate him though? No, 
no. No matter what I say, you're not going to believe me. So I might as well watch a movie. Well, because like the I remember the special, everyone kept calling him like like he was this play was doomed to fail because Charlie Brown's directing. They all call him like uh, all kinds of names, and he's like, you can't do nothing right. And it just felt oh no, I just feel sad then. Don't feel sad. Just you're thinking way too hard on this. Isn't that the whole point of this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you just have to overcomplicate everything. Jeez, why why are you on my show? Because this is the kind of conversation we have off screen, and you always want me to come on here so we can have this kind of interesting conversation. But every time I take, I get critical about something you like, even though I say it's pretty good, you always get defensive about it. Not always. Chance, Sergio. I can say your name too in a lower voice. I can even go even lower, Sergio. Stop using the voice changer. But seriously, no. it, it does happen a lot with often with stuff that which I get because you told me about like how back in the day, whenever you like something, everyone just seemed to like a dog on it. And which I understand, but it just seems like you get have a hard time actually accepting other people's point of views on certain things. It's not that I understand people's point of views. I do understand them. I just it's hard for me to Accept it or like get or like just see it in a different light because like how you like it so much. It depends on the movie, really. Because I know we we got into the same kind of conversation on like Spider Verse. Well, yeah, but Spider Verse, everyone loves it, but they just don't like the ending or like some or like how you said you don't really relate to it that much. But I personally related to it. So the more personal it gets to me, the more harder it is for me to. Ex- like get really critical accept. like uh, get like get a critique on it basically yeah like i will write it i will I, I hate to say this but i love the fat albert movie i don't like the creator of fat albert i don't like that's that's something everything that came to fat albert. chance how it's well, something i grew like, up with i grew up like watching me, fat I, albert cartoon. I, think, I think i think the fat albert movie is pretty good like some of bill cosby's stuff that he actually did was actually pretty good you can't you you can hate him all you want, but you can like the stuff that happened because of him. Like me, I like I like the movie that you showed me where he turns into a ghost. Remember Ghost Dad? Yeah, I like that movie, but I just I still but I'll still hate Bill Cosby. Yes, I guess sometimes it's just hard to separate the art from the artist. For me, I never really had that problem, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like, I had like the box set for the Fat Albert movies, like for the Fat Albert TV show. Well, I think you a... showed I think you showed me that, or you told me about that. I, I showed remember. you it. We watched a couple of episodes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, we need to watch more of that Albert episodes. Maybe. We'll, we'll check it out some other time. There's a lot of episodes, aren't there? Like, how many there seasons? There are a lot. There's one where they go to prison and almost get roped. I don't know if I could say the other word. I don't think so, but I think that's a good censorship. But, like, uh, just basically think of boondocks when they go to prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the booty wars that where we were there. <laughs> okay, I'm looking for booty. You, you should have that sound. You should have that sound effect on that. I should. Um. Okay. Now I'm gonna add that one later. <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm gonna use it though. Oh, trust me, you'll find a way. It'll make it funny. You know, we just talk about like we talk about Napoleon. Now no one's like, now I see. I like to call you Chris Handsome. I still watch your shows all the time. <laughs> no, here's what's gonna happen. With a hard way. The choice is yours. Here's what's gonna happen. I like you. He likes you, and he wants you, and want you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh, oh no that, that thing has been memed everywhere and I just I love it this has been an episode of Brickwall Cinema you can follow us on Facebook X and Instagram at Brickwall Cinema and we're available on Spotify Apple Podcasts 
Amazon Music, and Cashbox. And Sergio, where can they find you on? I actually have no social media. <laughs> As of right now, anyways. Well, then you can find them out in the streets or your local Walmart. <laughs> well, have a nice day, everyone. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.